Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of Blacksmith's Furnace with me, Robert. Out here, man, like Mo. No, Peter. Peter is at home because his house is messy, so he said he wasn't coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Peter. Man turned housemate. Look house at your life. Look at your life. Anyway, <laughs> let's get into it. Um, sorry, not sorry. Moses yes, is in the hot seat this week. For those who don't know, sorry, not sorry is our apologetics segment where we just like throw questions at each other. Um, there could be questions that non-believers might ask or like um, Christians in doubt might ask. And yeah, so let's get into it. So, seeing as it is Easter, happy Easter, guys! Woo! <laughs> so, um, we believe that Jesus rose after three days. Yeah. So why do we celebrate Easter the way we do over the Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Because technically, that's only two days after he died that mm. he rose. So, what happened? Pagans happened. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I was actually having this conversation with one of my aunties on Friday and we were saying like, yeah, it should have been like um, either Thursday to the Sunday or the Friday to the Monday. Monday. But I was just arguing that it's just all convenience. Um, in terms of calendar wise, calendar wise, I, th- I think it's convenience where we have so obviously bank holiday wise we still have the friday and the monday off so it would make no difference to have shifted the sunday service to the monday and then like celebrated it three days afterwards but i think biblically i think he did rise on the sunday and that's why early christians moved the sabbath to the sunday mm. because he, he actually rose on the sunday that's what i believe um from what I have looked into. So the Jewish Sabbath Sabbath is a Saturday, but um, the Christians, and that's why like Seventh-day Adventists and stuff like that would, would worship on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Like Jehovah Witnesses worship on a Saturday as well, I believe, because um, they claim to stick to the original Sabbath day. But Jesus rose on a Sunday, and so I think that's why it's traditionally kept on a Sunday, which would have realistically made it a Tuesday. But I think for bank holiday conveniences, they've just done it like that, but even now they they actually classify it as Black Friday and Easter Sunday or whatever. Mm. Um, I, I do think it's more convenient because otherwise we would have had the Tuesday, the Thursday and the Friday off. Yeah. And then potentially the Monday off as well. No, but if we had the the Thursday off, then we wouldn't need to have We wouldn't need to have the Monday off. Well, no, 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 no. Yeah. If you have the Thursday off, then we wouldn't need the Friday off because Friday, Friday's like nothing's happening really. <laughs> but holiday-wise, that would be dead. It's like, you celebrate Easter and then you go back to work the next day. That's for the day, then. <laughs> ah. So I think I think I think it's that I think it's that reason. Mm. I haven't looked into it like properly, but I think that's the reason where it's it sits more palatable to make it a four day weekend rather than a five day weekend, mm. or do the Thursday go back into work on a Friday and then have the Monday off. Um, but in all of this, it, it almost echoes my view on Christmas as well where it's we know the dates aren't wrong we know that it isn't quite as it should be but we still celebrate it anyways and it's like it, it's it we should highlight and emphasize um, the reason for the season rather than the nuances around it um, so I know that a lot of Christians well not a lot of them a few Christians that I'm exposed to will like start telling everyone about the the goddess Ishtar, whatever, and then blah blah blah. It's demonic. It's pagan. It's this. It's that. Um, 
But yeah, they'll go to an Easter service. Jeez. And like, or they'll go to a Christmas service or whatever. And I'm just like, dude, like, you, you don't need to rain on everyone's parade. <laughs> like, you just, you don't need to just jump into the party and just kill the buzz. Mm. Like, yes, by all means, like, give the information and give the knowledge and stuff. But don't. First thing in the morning, I log on to Facebook. All oh, you pagans worship. I'm just like, come off it, man. <laughs> There's a whole rest of the year you could do that. You know, like that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm just like, let's not be unnecessary about how we rub people up mm. the wrong way. Um, let's encourage people to remember the reason for the season in the midst of all the um, tinsel around it. Okay. Um, so yeah, for me the dates don't really matter. Um, th- the same as December twenty fifth doesn't really matter to me. Um, what is important is for me is remembrance of what it is that I partake in and what it is that allows me to have this relationship with God. And in so doing, however it's phrased or framed, doesn't really matter. Because Paul was like, some people preach Christ um, for selfish gain. Some people preach him because they actually want him to be um, treasured. But he's like, so long as Christ is preached, he's happy. Yeah. And for me, it's, it's almost the same thing where it's just like, so long as his death, burial, and resurrection is celebrated, I'm just like, whatever pretense you put around it, whatever, so long as people are capturing that, I'm cool. How do you feel about the fact that stuff like the birth and death are celebrated at specific times of the year as opposed to just like randomly throughout the year, like all other parts of the Bible? Say that again, please. So you see how we have a set time for Christmas, Mm -hmm. for Jesus' birth, and we have a set time for his death. Yeah. Do you think it should be like that? Or do you think that like it should be peppered like throughout the year where we may look at his birth like two or three times a year? Um, because like 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 you know there were some churches where they'll preach on like uh, funeral to five thousand like twice a year mm-hmm. protocol song twice a year yeah. f- and and it, it could be like random even if it's part of the season mm-hmm. it's um it's not at a specific time of the year yeah yeah um I think so again this this is is it's a bit weird um so I know churches that don't move past the death, burial, and resurrection. Then I know churches that don't talk on it until it gets to the, those special occasions. Mm. So there are people that kind of occupy... Um, Sorry? There are people that occupy both ends of the spectrum. Um, I believe that faithful preaching, regardless of wherever you are in the Bible, should lead you back to the cross. Mm. Um, <coughs> which should echo the presence of the Messiah. Now, um, yeah, the actual literal presence of the Messiah on earth. Now, this is something that I don't know, like, when it began. So I know that in the Old Testament, that God set aside days to remember certain things. Yeah, like Passover. Passover, stuff like that. Like, every year at this time, remember the Passover. And so there's been a president since the Old Testament to set aside special days to remember s- certain things. And so I kind of see the same trajectory. 
Um, now, I don't know on whose authority was Christmas then instated as we're going to, because it's, it's essentially worldwide mm. where people recognize December 25th. Now, whether your country does anything special on it or not, that's down to your country, but it's still recognized worldwide, um, which is fascinating. And I believe it's the same with Easter. I do think it's something to help organize and break that break out the calendar. Yeah. So Easter is at a specific date uh, or specific time every year. Um, Christmas is the exact same thing. Now Christmas is a specific date. Easter is a specific period because the Easter date fluctuates. Um, and so I believe that it's there to break up the calendar. Mm. I don't know where why it was instead, who began it. But I, I feel like we should, as I said, faithful preaching should lead us to the cross, yeah. regardless of if it's if it's Christmas or Easter or whatever. Um, you know, I feel like it's nice to have like these these like staple dates because there are non-believers who come to church because mm. it's Christmas, because yeah. it's Easter. So like at least even if they're only coming twice a year, at least they've come <laughs> twice a year, so that yeah. they can yeah. So it's it's nice to be able to have give them reason yeah, to come yeah i guess so i guess so um yeah and i know that for some people coming up to easter coming up to christmas is almost that reminder ah i haven't been to church for like months i mm. need to go so yeah it, it is good in that sense um on the flip side as well there are people who are just gonna go easter you know i'm just gonna go christmas and yeah. it always gives it some people something an excuse like i'm gonna go to the gym in january Jeez. And then come February, Big I'm back mom. at the same weight that I was at before. <laughs> I'm just doing whatever I'm doing. And um, like people fall off. And that we should, there should be grace kind of shown to everyone. So th- this is, this is kind of like the qualm that I have or the um, th- um, element I'm thinking around currently where it's we sometimes can be so regimented with timings mm. that it... So in within the church it's going to push out the move of God so if we're like alright 25th of December Christmas day we're going to look at the be- uh, the birth of Jesus but halfway through the year you feel the Holy Spirit saying no as a church focus on the birth of Jesus now if we're so regimented as to know we do that on Christmas day we're just quenching the spirit's move mm. when he's like, let's focus on this now. Um, but still there is that sometimes there's that special grace where it's like God works in the midst of our plans and our purposes to bring our plans to bring about his purposes. So it might honor the fact that we've set aside the 25th to do this. So he, he like, he comes so mightily on the 25th because people have actually come expectant. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's almost like just being led being led by the spirit yeah. in that regard, um, and recognizing that God does often use our plans, yeah. and sometimes we need to lay our plans aside to let God move. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's not enough time in that like four or five ad- Advent week mm. period to like go through all the different parts of the birth stuff of Jesus. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so yeah. It's, it's probably one of the, even though it's, it's, it's the most talked about, it's the, the, it's the one of the least known about mm-hmm. because 
Lent. Yeah, four or five years. Yeah. I mean, four, four or five weeks. That's it. Lent. Mm-hmm. Four or five weeks doing Lent, Lent things. That's it. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's also like, I recognise there's benefits, but I'm also apprehensive when things become institutionalised. And so we're just going through the motions because it's that time of the year. Yeah. But I recognise that God can still use that mm. to then draw you back to it. But I am hesitant where it's just like, yeah, it's not, it's not until Lent that we're actually conscious about living sacrificially. Mm. That we're actually conscious about, I'm going to give this up for Jesus. Yeah. Um, now, it's good that we've got a time to be able to be conscious about that. But as Christians, we should almost be living a life. A lifestyle. Yeah. But I guess it's also for those new to the faith or for those who aren't necessarily in the faith to then be exposed to some somewhat of what it means to be a Christian. Mm. So it gives them that space to be like, this is what Christ did. Have you thought about this? Yeah. Um, but yeah. I'm just in a tradition that really focuses on the traditions. And I am mindful of how much room the emphasis on the tradition leaves for the move of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So, yeah, I know that goes hand in hand. Hey, guys, apologies for the noise in the background. Um, There are some, well, I'm assuming are children, I know animals, just making a lot of noise. Um, so yeah, I'll <laughs> sorry about it. Um, cool. How much you know about um, rebellion extinction? Was it extinction rebellion? Nothing. That's that's new to me. Never heard of it. No. It's because you don't live in um, extinction rebellion. Um, it's because you don't live in central London, so you haven't been disturbed by them. So the oh yes 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 yes. Oh, you yes. know about them? Yes. Jeez. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know. Um, there's this movement happening right now of these guys who are protesting um, global warming and them things um, going to like major um, sites in in like central London so like um, Waterloo they've been in West End and they're just like having sit outs and causing a lot of disruption um, protesting the whole global warming thing um, we're not here to discuss global warming. <laughs> That's not what we're going to do today. Um, but, um, so I was thinking about um, about what they were doing, and I was I was annoyed by how disruptive they were being, mm-hmm. and um, it made me. Th- and uh, yeah, so like uh, on one hand, I was annoyed because they were disrupting my plans because they were in the way of everything. Mm. But I was thinking like, isn't that the point so that they can get their point across? Mm. Mm. Um, yeah. So what's your view on protesting? Should should your protests be inconvenient? Do you know what? Yeah, because as soon as you mentioned that, I was just taken back to like the non-violent protest by Martin Luther. Mm where it's like they'll boycott places, they'll go into um, cafes and stuff and sit in places they're not meant to be sitting. And so they were intentionally causing disruptions in order to draw attention to something that shouldn't be. Now, in terms of that, it was more so living conditions within those spaces. Yeah. So it was very much like, in this cafe, I cannot sit here and eat. 
So I'm going to protest by sitting here requesting food. In this bus, I cannot sit here. So I'm going to protest by sitting here. Mm. Or I'm not going to sit on the bus at all. And so they were putting, they were inserting their presence into areas of society where it wasn't welcomed. But in terms of this, it's a global warming thing. You don't believe in global warming? No, I believe in global warming. <laughs> but I'm like, it's not even the case. You believe it's a fact. It's a fact. Just look at the weather today. It, it, it's not normal. It's crazy. It's not normal for, for London at this time of the year. But, but last year in April, it was snowing. And that, that's the thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I believe that it's... So I, I believe that that, in terms of Martin Luther and the Freedom Fighters and stuff like that, their protests were justified in that they were inserting themselves into places that they weren't welcomed in. Okay. To change the social narrative. Now, I don't know. I haven't looked into it, but I don't know what that the outcome that they want here is. Is it the government make legislation? I think so. Well, what legislation they want changed, I'm not sure. Like, they handed me a flyer, but because I had to get off the bus and walk over the bridge because <laughs> you were in my way. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to read it. I wasn't in the reader booth, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think... So, but do you think it's like a good cause? Do you, do you, do you think protesting because, because of a global woman is a good enough reason to cause disruption all over London like this? <sighs> because like I saw yesterday on, on the news, they're talking about, so because they had been like in like the middle of, 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 of like Oxford Circus, mm-hmm. um, they said that the businesses in, in, in the area had lost 18 million in revenue that day. <sighs> <laughs> like, you know, I, I really don't know because I'm I'm like I haven't looked into the the um, policies that government can put into place to change these situations. I haven't looked at um, what tangibly the government can do to combat global warming. Mm. Um, obviously, where it, it's, it seems more like a cultural shift. Yeah. Oh no, there's than there's a like governmental shift. Um, there's definitely stuff that stuff that can be put into place to to affect global warming. Um, it's just about putting it in place in a amount of time that will appease these people. Because mm. like I, I've been seeing things that they want, like things put in place by like twenty twelve and um, twenty twenty two, and and like what they're asking for. Um, it wouldn't be feasible mm. so like you know how, how how like you've got those like um socialists that say um everyone should have the same pay mm-hmm. and in in like theory it's 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 a good idea mm. but then when you like lay it out it doesn't quite work mm. i think it's that kind of sort, sort of thing where in, in theory yes it would be nice if we could lower emissions by this much by by this time mm. but to actually do that like you would have to stop airplanes flying in the sky you have you have to like um cut down the amount of cars being used, mm. the amount of wa- water being used, that sort of thing. So, That's yeah. Because um, I'm even thinking about the... Um, I heard a story about the London living wage where they had, like, um, different political and religious groups had been lobbying uh, government to try to get um, a living wage for London. Mm. And it was just getting ignored. And so there was a, there was, I think I believe it was a church, and a, maybe a couple of organisations 
who were going into a specific bank who they were lobbying to um, deposit some money. And what they decided to do was change all of the money into 1p coins. <laughs> and then they just had a line of people from that organization. When you get to the front of the line, you deposit 1p into your account and then walk to the back of the line. And then we just keep on depositing 1p until all the money, and it was like thousands of pounds. Mm. And you had about like, what, 20, 30 people depositing 1p at a time. So obviously it halted the organization's business and blah, blah, blah. And the CEO gave them a meeting in the same day. And so for some of these, I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, I, c I can see it. Um, and obviously if you feel passionate enough about what you, what you believe in, which they do, you're willing to do anything. Like most of them have signed these forms about I'm willing to get arrested for this. Um, yeah, spend a night in jail. Yeah, yeah, but you have jobs to be even worrying about. Because <laughs> some of these guys look like proper homeless people. <laughs> and yeah, it's, yeah. Um, I, I really don't know. I really don't know. Um, what I find interesting is that, like thinking about it, I'm not the type of person who would ever go out and protest. Like I, I can't think of anything that I feel so strongly about that. Mm. And to protest, so part of me feels like, should I even be making noise about these guys protesting if, if it's you not something that, that I would do? Yeah, I think I think I think that. So one thing is that we're currently in a in a society where everyone's got something to protest about. Um, yeah, like everyone's got something to protest about. I am, I am really fascinated with the drive to protest. So I will be that guy on the corner taking pictures of people protesting. Mm. Because I'm really fascinated by like the drive and stuff to protest about it, um, and I think as well what stands out for me is that we won't necessarily feel the urge or the burden to pro protest about something until it affects us personally. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I I'm, I'm really fascinated by him the drive to go protest. And I, I also know that once something hits you in a sweet spot, you'll be out there. Ain't no one going to encourage you to go protest. Mm. You will find when the next protest is and you will find yourself there um, somehow. Um, yeah. What I will say ab ab about these guys is that they've been consistent. Mm. Like, I, I think back to, like, the Black Lives Matter protest that mm -hmm. used to happen like they would come for one day protest and then you never hear anything about it again um which is a very black people thing to <laughs> oh no no let me say it's a very modern black no it's modern day black pe people thing to do so like make noise about something for a day or two and then forget about it mm. because like not much has changed with like police brutality and stuff yeah but because there hasn't been like a shooting in a while it's not on... Arguably, that has changed. In what sense? In the sense that before, there was a shooting like every other week, if not every week. That was published on social media. But as you just said, there hasn't been one in a little while. So potentially, that has changed. And it seems as though, like, um, people are being um, ousted more readily for what they're doing. Yeah. Um, 
like I remember when a black cop did that, they tore into him. <laughs> they tore into so, so it was almost like retribution for your people protesting. Mm. We're gonna scapegoat you to show them that it's not just white people doing it. <laughs> no like that. But um yeah, I think I think that the measures to which we protest should be um reflective of our conviction. Mm. Which is something I wanted to us to talk about. So do you think as Christians there's um there's stuff that we should be protesting about? Or or or, or, or maybe a better question is is protest something that Christians should be doing? Hmm. Because that like because that there's so much craziness going in the mm. world that is very unchristian. So as Christians, should we be going into the streets, protesting, being a public nuisance? And like some might argue that Jesus, like he 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 would go out and be a public nuisance. So should we go and do the same thing? That's interesting. I think in all that we do, we ought to be strategic. Um. Almost like be as wise as serpent, but serpents, but innocent as doves. But also, like the key thing is the le- like being led by by God's spirit. And I think, hmm, this it's like there's so many different facets to that because it's 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 for some situations it's like taking a moral high road some situations like turning the cheek some situations actually digging down and saying no this is absolutely unjust and shouldn't be so some situations it's forgetting protests let's talk to the powers that be mm. and in all situations there's prayer but it's I don't know I think again like I feel like <sighs> that's a good question. <laughs> that's a really good question. I feel like there are times when there's a time for like one-to-one conversations with people about stuff. Mm-hmm. But then, if we look at the Bible, like um, Jesus told mm-hmm. with, with, with some of the disciples, go out and preach, mm-hmm. and it, w- it wasn't just go go into a space where you need to be accepted. Like go out yeah. and like say what the word of God is, even if it gets you killed as a result. Mm-hmm. So, but I think because this is Britain, and I guess we're not willing to get arrested or, or like mm. it, it inconvenience us. There's only so far we're willing to go far. Yeah. Thing. Which, mm. and I don't know if I don't know. I, I don't know if, if that's a. A British thing, or if it's just like a human thing in general, because like I know, like we 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 like we always laugh about those guys who like stand on the street corner shouting, "Jesus mm. loves you," but then they are they are going out in the world and like proclaiming the word for like everyone That's to hear. Them guys. Um, no, I know that like some people, some Christians, protested against. Um, making abortion legal 
moving the time frames of abortion. Um, but then with like so many Christians in, let's let's just take London for example. Like, if we all came together, we could have such an like impact on 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 the way mm-hmm. the, the country's run. One hundred. So why don't you think we do? Mm. I think partially because there's so much bickering within the body of Christ. Mm. So within the church, we're not in agreement as to wh- what our standpoint is. Yeah, we're not in. Ex- some people agree with abortion. Some people don't. Some people agree with li- um, like uh, death sentences. Some people don't. There's so much variation in what we agree on that. It, it it sometimes becomes hard to come together and stand as a united front to protest against something. Um, some people disagree with um, gay people getting married in the church. Some people are opening gay churches. Mm. And that's like a stark contrast. And so there's like some, um, I think it was like one of the gay parades. Then you had some people on the side saying um, that gay people are sinners, they're going to die. Other people saying... Um, God love gay. God loves gay people, mm. and it's just like it's such mixed messages yeah. where it's just, and obviously each person protesting thinks that they're right and another person is wrong, and so we're not then doing the gospel message a service because we don't seem unified in what we're preaching mm-hmm. or what we're what we're showing, and I think that lack of unity in the understanding of what Jesus, what God has done in Jesus, um, can be a hindrance to protesting um or coming together as a body to protest because we don't see eye to eye and stuff um but yeah i don't think the gospel is particularly against protesting particularly against um standing up and not demanding per se but um challenging your leaders on certain things that you feel are unjust or certain things that you don't feel it should be so. Would you say protest could be seen as a type of evangelism? I, I, I guess you could because it's almost you are um, sharing of your values and of your beliefs. Yeah. So you're saying we don't believe this is right because of yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah, I do believe you can kind of see us that. Um, but I think, like, there's um, like something in, in the meaning of evangelism where it's like sharing of the good news um, pertaining directly. Or, yeah, there's a correlation to the gospel, the good news, to evangelism. And if I am remembering it correctly, then I wouldn't necessarily equate it directly to evangelism but I still will be seeing as you pointing to the right or the right perspective that you believe mm. is um, yeah this you know what, this is actually really really fascinating I'm just trying to comb through it right now and mine is just like yo I'm enjoying this mm. it like are there any things that, as a Christian, you feel that you should be speaking up about or against? Hmm. No, I know that for some. I can just hear the 
uh, what's it? Social justice voice at the back of my mind because the church that I'm in does a lot in terms of like community um, community organizing, and it's like yeah, affordable housing, this that 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 that, um, and so like lobbying government to provide more affordable housing to ensure that people in London are on a decent wage that they can actually live to ensure that food that healthy food is at a reasonable price where it's not cheaper to eat unhealthily mm. like almost twice as cheaper to eat unhealthily as it is to eat have a healthy meal um, to actively work to see people and especially children not living below the poverty line um, and so all of these are like kind of coming to the forefront of my mind but at the same time this, I- this isn't uniquely Christian yeah this is just almost like a conscientious, conscientious, I believe I pronounced that right, thing to do as a community to ensure that we're taking care of us, each other. Yeah, so like it's more like a moral thing than like yeah. a Christian thing. Um, but these outcomes or these endpoints, for some, they have come to as a result of being a Christian. Mm. where they start to understand the, the importance and emphasis of these things. Um, I don't necessarily see there being a specific thing that the Bible encourages us to protest against. I do see more so the emphasis on being a representation of what you want to see. So yeah. if you want to see a group of people who long for the Father being a person who longs for the Father and being that representation as you work for that transformation. And so even as we protest, by our protests, are we polluting the air more? So for, for these extinction dons, like by your protest, are you polluting the air more? Are you aiding towards the end that you're trying to eradicate? Because oh. um, it's like, random example we're camping out night but we're burning fossil fuels yeah we're releasing more CO2 into the oxygen whilst if we were at home we wouldn't be doing that it would have been radiator which is hot water no but it doesn't isn't there like a chemical that causes the radiator to heat up no so it's, it's just you. your boiler boils the water and it runs through I believe it runs through your no no radiator. but I'm saying like but then what? What is he talking about? Yeah, so that might it even might be like an electrical heater, or whatever, um, or it could be act- actual like a flame. Bless you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, and obviously, arguably, you're going to be like cooking at home, so you're going to be using gas, methane, whatever, fossil fuels, and so it, it's almost in the route that I've taken in protesting. Am I adding to the problem that I'm trying to solve? If yes, then I'm, is that route actually doing any good? Yeah. Um, in me protesting that people need more affordable housing, but I'm not contributing in any way, shape, or form. To you might not be in a position to contribute to that, but it's just like, am I being an example of what I want to be, what I want to see? Um, so do you think that if you think there should be affordable housing, then you're a hypocrite if you have like a summer house somewhere else? I don't think you're you're a hypocrite if you've got a summer house somewhere else. I'm I'm almost wondering what are you doing with that place outside of your time there. Mm. Um 
I don't know. Because, again, it comes down to your, like, you can afford to have it. So for you, that's affordable housing. You've got two houses and you can afford <laughs> it. But for the person beside you, he hasn't got, he, he can't afford it. Yeah. And so it's like, are you actively helping that person? Um, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, it, it is. And it's, yeah, I'm just about, be about, be about it. Don't just talk about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you might be like, so an interesting one. I believe it's still the same. The Catholic Church doesn't believe in contraception. Okay. But they don't believe in abortion. Mm. Pick one. Because it's like... No, you have, you have picked one. Hmm? I think, it, I think it, it, it will go down the same road. So you don't have contraception. I think that it's a thing where... I, I, what they... Um, um, they don't believe in abortion. They don't believe in abortion. Yeah. And they don't believe in contraception. Yeah. So, and I think that's only because, like, within the realm of marriage, mm-hmm. like, you should be, you should, you should, sex should be for procreation. Yeah. But that's the thing. Traditionally, there hasn't been any sort of contraception. And so, sex often led to procreation, mm-hmm. which it does do. But it's almost like it's inflicting a punishment on someone. If you ain't got the means to sustain a family, then don't have sex. No, because even if they don't believe in contraception, there's still things you can do, like get get tubes tied, get a vasectomy. Oh, no, that's all contraception, mate. That, that, that's all contraception. That, that, any unnatural means to not reproduce is frowned upon. Okay, then, fam, then, then, then your pull-out game needs to be stronger. <laughs> <laughs> that's the answer. <laughs> and that's the. It's just like, it's so. It's, it's, it's almost like your stance does you no favors. No, but the, but but then, like, if you look at them separately, mm-hmm. um, th- no church should believe abortion is correct. I like that bold statement. I mean, we can we can argue, <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, for me anyway like mm. abortion is playing God deciding who gets to live who doesn't mm. sort of thing I like the way you boiled it down um, contraception is there anything wrong with contraception I personally don't believe so I don't believe there's anything wrong with it I think within marriage there's nothing wrong with it but if outside the marriage you shouldn't really, really be having sex anyway Yeah. so you believe in marriage something is wrong with it Okay, okay. Everything I'm saying is if you're a Christian, mm-hmm. because if you're not a Christian, then none of this applies to you yeah. anyway. Because <laughs> so you believe that as a Christian, you shouldn't use contraception. I believe as a Christian, it's, it's okay to use contraception. It's okay to use. Okay, if cool. if you're married. Okay, yeah. If you're married, um, I believe that I, I, as as a Christian, you shouldn't be getting getting abortions. Yeah, I, I don't believe that as a Christian you should be getting abortions. At the same time, I don't believe that as a Christian you sh- we should be imposing that decision on other people. Um, who haven't necessarily decided to take that to take the biblical stance? Yeah. Okay. Um, but and what and what about people who who like are Christians? People who are Christians, I'll, I'll again, I'll say, yo, I don't agree with you taking ab- getting abortions, but at the end of the day, it's your decision. Would you go down to get the baby aborted if, if they asked you? That's that's a tricky p- position to be in. Um, I'd pray about it. Mm. That's what I'd do. I'd pray about it. Um, 
and even even if I did go, I'll just be like, I don't, I don't agree with it. But you need your support, so I'm going with you. Mm-hmm. I, I don't agree with the decision, but I'm going to support you. You've made the decision, so whether you and I think that's a measure of grace because it's like even if you do abort a child, technically God is still going with you as you're aborting that child. Yeah. And so yeah, I would I potentially still go with you, whilst still making it like yeah i don't agree with this decision you've taken but it's your decision i will respect your decision even though like we're just gonna agree to disagree mm-hmm. um yeah i think removing another person's um ability to choose shouldn't be so because god hasn't removed our ability to choose yeah so like banning abortions and blah 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 stuff like that I don't necessarily agree with that Um, because it's not the absence of temptation that actually makes people good Um, and I think that kind of comes back down to protesting as well Um, now we know that if global warming goes belly up the whole world is is peak Mm. but we have decided to do that to ourselves. Like, I decided to do a barbecue every week. <laughs> you know, like that. <laughs> like, I decided to do that. Take 25 trips every year. Like, I decided to do that. Um, haven't really fully thought out the implications of that for the for the climate. I still decided to do that. Now, I think that there should be more information as to what we're doing and blah, blah, blah. You know what? I would argue that the information is out there for those who want to go seek it. I was about to say that information more than likely is already out there. But it's it's one of them ones where if you want to sin, you're going to sin. You're not going to try like figure out. Nah, you're just going to do what you want to do. And for the most part, we've been given the earth to do with it as we see fit. And this is what we see fit deforestation burning like this is what we see fit and so we have got people who are protesting now and are saying that we need to turn things around we need to move things in order to preserve the planet for the next generation and stuff but who's to say that they're going to come and do the same thing Mm. so yeah um, I don't know in our protests I wouldn't want us to remove um the ability to make a decision for others. So in as much as we are l- like protesting for equal rights and stuff like that, that doesn't remove the decision for someone to be a racist or someone to be a misogynist or someone to just have this view that w- society, like socially we deem as not incorrect. It doesn't remove that. It yeah. But yeah, so yeah. All right, let's round up. Thank you for listening, guys. Um, hookups? Do you know what, yeah? Someone from my workplace left an envelope on my desk and it had a hookup in it. It wasn't money. It wasn't money. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think I'll be saying it? <laughs> um, but it was a podcast. It was a podcast and it was like, oh, um, Blacksmith Furnace hookup. And it had a podcast that they would Jeez. recommend. And I was like, rah. Like, 
Someone's been listening to you. You know what? I was like, someone from work's been listening in. A man left the thing. And it's like, I was like, yeah, I need to bring this with me. And I forgot. Uh, so I'm going to bring that in. So I'm, I'm mentioning it now so that the person realises that I did see it. I think it was like 30 minutes of Pete podcast. Oh! 30 minutes with the Perrys. Yes. Yes. That yes. was going to be my one. That's 30 minutes with the Perrys. I listened That's to it. That's the hookup. I, I, I listened to it. So, so for those who don't know, 30 minutes with the Perrys, it's... Um, no, with the press. No, no, it's Perry. Yeah, Preston Perry and Jackie Hill Perry. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yes. So, yes. Yeah, so, so that. Okay. I know. I know that one now. I think I know who it is as well. Yeah. Yeah. So like. Shout out yeah. So like they've just recently started a podcast series. They've got two episodes out. Um, they were looking at alpha footballs. It was crazy. So they were looking at what? They were looking at um. So Preston had um an addiction to abortion, uh, um, abortion, <laughs> um, pornography, mm-hmm. like uh, uh, like three months ago, and, and then they were, they, were, they were just talking about how they like reconciled. Wait, he had it three months ago. Yes, or or, or, or like it got, yes. So he had, had addiction to pornography three three months ago, and I was talking through. Wow. Yeah, it was really good. I, I've listened to both parts. Do you know what? I yeah. definitely recommend it. That's. That's a healthy conversation. Yeah. Because it's, it's like, it's very easy to think, oh, this guy is like on the circuit. He's doing what he's he's putting in the work. He's talking about Jesus. Two, two, three, like, yeah, a few months ago, I was addicted to porn. And it's just like, huh? Yeah. yeah and no. It's funny because like, as I was listening to it, um, I felt like he wanted to get caught. He wanted to get caught. Only because anyone that knows anything about porn if you're going to do it, you use incognito in it. But <laughs> 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 just did it on the, on the tablet and then the, the, the first thing he, um, his wife searched, then it came up. Like, no, fam, you was like it. <laughs> Deep down, you wanted to get this caught doing it. this. This is it. <laughs> Bruh. No, yeah, but I'll, I'll definitely yeah. recommend that. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's, a, that's a double recommendation, cool. then. Yeah, um, I'll give another hookup. Um, the other night, I rewatched Coach Carter, mm. an amazing film. Um, mm. Samuel L. Jackson um, was this like um, basketball coach for this um, for this um, high school in America. Soundtrack to that, banging. And um, yeah, and um, even though he was like the basketball coach, he was really like proper on them, getting good scores so they can get in, in, into into college or university. Mm. But then, like the whole time, we're just interested in, in like the boys um, playing basketball, not so much about their grades or mm-hmm. and them getting into. Um, the university and then there was one part where um the head teacher was like fam um you know these um this this year for them playing football um, basketball will be the highlight of these um for like a lot of these guys mm-hmm. uh, lives and then samuel jackson was like they're like we failed them then actually <laughs> if they're 16 they're, like this is their highlight or 18 is the highlight then we're doing something very wrong like really good movie really powerful movie definitely recommend that um yeah really good watch um, yeah, shout out to Rude for the intro and outro music. Yes, sir. Calvin Turner for the ordinary amazing logo. Yes, sir. You can find us on Twitter at the Furnace UK. You can email us at tbsfurnacehotmail.com. You can find us at soundcloud.com forward slash the Blacks Furnace, no apostrophe, on all good podcasts, websites, and apps, including iTunes and Spotify, the Blacks Furnace with an apostrophe. Um, I think that's everything. Peter should be back next week. Hopefully, we'll have a full house again next week. It's good to have a full house. But yeah, cool. And this is the Blacksmith Furnace signing out. Blow. Hello again. <laughs>